This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, today is going to be a great episode if you have a house that you are not able to sell in the greater Vancouver region. That's right. You're going to want to listen to this. And really what why we came up with this, we should say the title of this episode is Why Has My Vancouver Property Not Sold? is an obvious one. Uh, March was the slowest March since 1986. Right. Expo 86 days. Expo 86. Uh, sales ratios are hovering around one out of every 10 homes selling. Depending, depending on the submarket. Depending on the submarket, but I think overall we're at staggeringly low sales ratios. Okay. And we're going to talk to all you folks out there that have a house on the market right now and you're sitting either scratching your head, you're not getting the calls, you're panicking. Why is my home not selling? What the hell's going on? And more importantly, what can I do about it? What can I do about it? Yeah. And I mean, it's an interesting position to be in where you're hearing the media, where you're watching sales volume is down every month, month over month, and you're starting to see prices slide. And you're sitting there with your market, with your with your home on the market, and you're not getting any offers, right? Exactly. So this and is, potentially not calls. I and mean, that's the other thing. There's a lot of homes out there showing, right now that no are just showing, basically no just basically dead. So so maybe where we can start here, Adam, is just let's talk a little bit about kind of market psychology and, and like what happens to a home in the minds of realtors and in the minds of buyers when it just sits 
on the market. Like if you're looking at, okay, this it's been on for 45 days, it's been on for 85 days, it's been on for 105 days. Right. Like like walk us through what buyers we work with and and realtors we know are thinking. Sure. And and this is here. Uh, let me just back up here by explaining that you know, we when we sit down with sellers to list their property, we we always go over this stat, but most of the attention that you're going to get is going to happen in the first 2 weeks of your listing, right? That's when most buyers are going to see the listing. Okay, so just uh, I, I want to even pull back a little bit further and talk about how most people are on automated search programs. Like we have private client services that we always talk about on the program. There's it's the a best variety, one out there. It is the best one out there. But there's a variety of different automated searches out there that people are getting listing updates. So they'll get an alert on their phone that there's a brand new listing. That is when somebody first lists the property, right? Exactly. Okay, so that's that's going to be the biggest impact. The alert has gone out. Your property is now on the market. People are going to see it in the hot sheets on MLS, on realtor-level MLS, They're, and you're going to get a ton of attention in that first week or two. And that's right. It's, it's either going to be positive attention uh, or potentially negative attention, right. where if somebody looks and they say, wow, these people are dreaming, or they say, wow, that's actually a pretty good deal. I'm going to send this to my buyer. That's right. And and we should say you never it the there's that cliche, right? You never get a second chance to make a first impression, but it's true right. with homes, especially in buyers markets where it is that first moment or the first week basically where, you know, it's your time to shine. Yes. Yes, exactly. And and so with that in mind, if you are on the market and you've been sitting there now 30, 60, 90 days, maybe more, and you've kept the same price, you haven't done anything to readjust your pricing strategy or your just strategy overall. Yeah. You're starting to feel the pain now. Or or even we should say, even if you have reduced, if right. you've reduced your price but still nothing's changed, you're wondering what the hell, what, what can I do, right? Sure. And sure. I mean, one of the things that is an obvious point is there's always somebody willing to buy something at the right price. Sure. So, I mean, the, the obvious thing is, hey, just dr- keep dropping your price till it sells. But is that the best strategy? That, that is not the best strategy. Okay. And, and that's one that reeks, I think, of desperation. And it's one where you're probably going to walk away from the property not maximizing your profit. So what I want to talk about and what I think we, we need to talk about today is, is the major course correct that you need to go through when your listing has been sitting stagnant. And this is an opportunity for everybody out there who's thinking about listing this year or currently on the market to reevaluate not only how they're going to approach their listing, but also how they're going to approach their listing sitting, right? Because there's, there's, you're, you're either in one of two situations if you're thinking of selling in 2019. You're going to get in front of the eight ball or you're already behind the eight ball, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's get started. Well, here here it is. There's these seven things you can do when you find yourself behind the eight ball. So when your house That's is sitting, That's my favorite number two. I hate fours. Yeah, yeah, me too. We're we're gonna look at the situation that a lot of people are in right now. They're behind the eight ball. They're listed. Right. What seven things can you do to rejuvenate that listing and get it sold? Right. I actually, I thought you were going a different direction here. I thought we were actually going to shake the magic eight ball. <laughs> that's <Find> unfortunately <laughs> that's what some what some people are doing right now. You used to ter- love that thing. It that was is, uh, you, that was years of my life. Major major made, decisions made just from shaking that that eight ball. You actually liked your eight ball, your magic eight ball, so much you had a leather eight ball jacket. I did. I like did. Vanilla ice style. That was uh, that was a yeah. 
One Anyways, the, one of the weaker moments. We don't want to get too far <laughs> into that. I blame, I blame the person who actually yeah. allowed me to purchase that. You had a, at one time you had sh- the sides of your head shaved. You had a rat tail and an eight ball jacket <laughs> and diaper pants. And uh, and just as uh, do you remember as the aside, diaper pants? I do, but I also remember when I gave up the eight ball jacket. My next jacket was like a full rancher's trench coat. <laughs> Why? Before the school shooters, like this was yeah. preschool shooters. You went I, from you went from basically a rat dancer to goth yeah in a in in a shake of an eight ball yeah. <laughs> a mad, in the shake of a magic eight ball anyways let's get back yeah, number get one back. Matt. Number, number one, one number one and this is uh for all the realtors out there some are not gonna like this one number one get a new agent <laughs> jeez matt uh <laughs> well really... i mean hey there's let's let's talk about this though in all seriousness so you should have warned me that was coming because <laughs> So you've so, been you've been on the market though. Let's say you've been on the market two three months. Okay. I mean, first of all, there's there's the fact that it hasn't sold, and uh, you know it's kind of like when a hockey team's not performing, you don't fire the whole hockey team, you fire the coach, right? The the agent in this case is essentially uh, the coach. Now it may not be their fault, sure. and in this market, I mean, where you're seeing one or two out of every ten homes selling, it's not the agent's fault all the time. The agent may he even have told you hey, this is what I think you need to do to sell your home, and you just didn't listen to them. Sure. So you might actually feel bad about this. You might have the best agent ever who just who just went with what you wanted to do, which was try the market, try a price that you actually wanted, and you've actually put them in the situation where they couldn't sell your house. Exactly. And now, and now you know, it's not necessarily their fault. You right? still need to fire them, though. Yeah, but but there's a reason why you might consider firing that yeah. agent. First off, uh, I th- think you need to fire them because you need fresh perspective. You need fresh energy, right? Right. Uh, when a house is sitting, it gets stagnant. It potentially gets stigmatized. Uh, there's a realtor's name attached to that. You need to rejig that in some way. And, and I think making that change is of paramount importance. But more importantly, Adam, there's a second reason why you need to fire the agent. Another reason you might want to consider getting a new agent is just because it allows you to basically wipe the narrative clean, right? And we've we've talked a lot on this program about shaping the narrative, creating a narrative around the home as part of the strategy to sell it, right? Exactly. And and what what we want to talk about here is, is really if you're getting a new agent, it means that you've basically, on many points, taken the onus off of the property itself, right? Right, exactly. So the stigma is no longer on your property. It's on a problem that is now, rightfully or wrongfully, disassociated with your property. Yeah. You're starting anew. Exactly. You've, been, you've, you've misdirected the buyer. Exactly. And you know what? And this is not to say ever that, you know, we, we never talk poorly about agents and, and that's not uh, the it's goal It's likely here. not the agent's fault. It's likely not the agent's fault, but there is an implicit assumption with this firing that is uh, more symbolic than anything that can help get your property back on track. Yeah, exactly. Number two, Matt. Number two, restage. Do you mean restage or destage? Are you... Uh... You, what, what I do you mean, pre-stage. At? You mean pre-stage. All right. What is? What do you mean by restage? Well, Let's get into re- it. really, what what we're talking about here is you want to freshen up the listing, sure. right? So that it's really kind of context specific. One is potentially you didn't stage at all. Yes, and that in this market is a definite no-no. You definitely want to 
take a take another look at your place, potentially declutter, potentially declutter much more aggressively than you did uh, the first time around. And, and and one thing we should say here is you should get professional help yeah, in this I, case. And I and I want to be clear on this, Matt. If you are if you actually haven't had a staging consultation already and you're on the market, that's going to be one of your first mistakes. Because the reality is that you need to have a staging consultation, a stager come through your house. It doesn't mean that you're going to actually be staging your property, but they give you fantastic advice in terms of how to declutter, where to put things, where to arrange things, you know, basically how to make the property look its best before photos. Right. And and partly it's worth taking a step back and thinking, what is the purpose of a, a staging consultant, right? Um, they're coming through as John Q. Public is going to come through at an open house or right. during a during a showing. They're going to see what is probably in your the issues in your blind spots, right? Sure. I mean, everybody lives differently. Some people might think that uh, that that bright purple wall looks great. Uh, this is going to be a non polarizing view on how most people are going to see and assess your home. And right. you get that outside objective lens. And and there's usually three results from having a staging consultation, right? Is someone will either say, you know, declutter and let's use your existing furniture. There may be a partial stage, which means that they're using your existing furniture, but also complementing it with perhaps paintings, accents, throws, rugs, that sort of thing, small knickknacks, um, plants that, you know, right. minor, Brighten minor, minor things, right? And then, and then the third is a, is a full, complete stage, which would involve either removing all of your furniture or fully staging a, a vacant property, right? Right. Yeah. And, and that, that is the goal here. If you've been on, you're stagnant, you want to freshen that listing up and that staging is going to help you do that. Yeah. And Matt, just, just well on that point, one of my favorite stories involves a, an old eighties condo in completely original condition in the West end, not a super nice place. And I remember when we had it staged, it was a stunning job that the stagers did. And what it did is it basically, I, I didn't even recognize the place. It was like it was fully renovated after it was staged. It was, they, I think they paid about 3,500 or four grand on the staging. And you walked into that place and it completely made sense. It was stunning. It was beautiful. It looked like a mid-century modern, like masterpiece. And, and, and literally, uh, the craziest thing is we sold and we sold not only for uh, top dollar, but we sold at the same price as the same two-bedroom plan that was renovated. It just was poorly staged. It just goes to show that in controlling the narrative and in, in controlling how people perceive a space is just as important. And we often say this, but don't spend money on kind of the main, th- you know, don't redo the kitchen, don't redo the bathroom. Spend the money on the staging because it detracts from people seeing the flaws with the property. Right, right, exactly. Well, that, that's what a good stager, that's their goals, right? Is to highlight the, the best parts of the property and detract from the imperfections. Number three, deep clean. Now, this is kind of an obvious point for a lot of people, but uh, for a lot of people, maybe not so much. Uh, most of us have been through units where you're smelling certain pet smells sure. uh, that are overwhelming. 
Uh, everyone has a different tolerance for those types of smells, uh, aggressive food smells, whether sure. it be... Um, we, we've all been to opens where we're scared to take our shoes off because we might get our socks dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And what everyone has to realize in this market is that people are looking for reasons to cross your property off the list. Sure. They're yeah. looking for reasons not to write offers. And and those uncomfortable smells, that type of stuff, the 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 hairballs on the on the carpet and in the kitchen really turn people off. And I think of uh, a place we were through not that long ago, uh, a house on the west side in which it was so filthy, and I knew the house was in in good condition. Right, the owner wasn't living there. Mechanically, right, it was the sad. owner wasn't living there. There was a tenant in there, and I'd seen it before this current tenant when it was clean, and the perception was wildly different. People that came through when it was filthy thought this is an example of a house that has been left to rot. Sure, and and your mind goes to the worst place if you're a buyer, and that's problematic for you as a seller because you look and you think. How long has this house been rotting away without anyone maintaining it? I mean, they can't even keep the floors clean, right? Right, right, right. Well, we're in a unique position here because we're talking to buyers all the time who are viewing lots of properties with us. And then we're also talking to other agents who bring buyers through our listings and getting feedback. And really, if if a place is filthy or if a place is just basically generally not clean or unclean, um, the feedback is always that people are concerned about there being more systemic problems at at hand, right? Exactly. The Where, dirtiness is symptomatic of something larger. That it hasn't been well-maintained, etc. You know, you could have an amazing... Like, let's use the example of a car, right? You go and see a car that's mechanically in perfect shape, right? But it's got McDonald's bags on the floor. It's covered in uh, it's covered in dirt. It's it's filthy. It's disgusting. What is the impression that you have of that car, even if it has been beautifully and well maintained? Right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's perfect. One thing we should talk about here too is uh, because in Vancouver there's a lot of units, just like anywhere I guess, that are tenanted. So just like the situation I mentioned. A tenant was in the property, and it takes it's it's a little bit more challenging to control in that situation. Yeah, my my advice, and we always give people this advice: is your tenants are usually going to be pleased if, as part of the the arrangement of you selling the property, is that you have a cleaner in to clean their mess. And you know uh, what? A cleaner is not all that expensive. No, a cleaner is not expensive, especially. And this is the thing, right? Uh, your agent, and uh, like we've done, we've built up teams of people that we give a lot of business to and our cleaners give us a great price they show up they do their job they're used to what they're they're supposed to do and we're talking here when we say cleaning we're not talking about a a superficial uh, bi-weekly visit by your cleaner we're talking about a deep clean here we're talking about basically a move out clean somebody doing your your oven your uh, you know getting in there with a toothbrush and the grout making the place shine and look its absolute best that's the kind of clean that you want and and it will be a little bit more money but when you're wow. when there's when there's this much money on the table, uh, it's a small spend. I, I feel like this is a point that we could make almost with each one of these these type of elbow grease uh, uh, suggestions we're making here. Right. But you know, oh, it might cost three hundred bucks. It might cost five hundred bucks. Well, when you're talking about something that's listing for say. 900k um you know what uh, uh, you're during the negotiation a lot of money can be left on the table uh, sure. and perception is everything so let's uh so deep clean i think we've we've nailed that one number three let's get to number four adam 
repaint and fix minor imperfections. So, you know, again, this is one of these things that, that you know, when you did your initial walkthrough with your agent or the staging con- consultant, they should have pointed out these minor imperfections. You want to handle any potential objections that a buyer has. But really, if you're if it's already too late and you've got minor imperfections and you've got issues with the property and it's not selling and you're planning on relaunching or relisting or basically doing a course correct, one of the things you want to do is go back now. Now is the time to do this. When the when the property is off the market, repaint it, fix minor minor imperfections, use neutral and bright colors. Just because you love the color pink, it doesn't mean you paint all bedrooms pink. You, you know, decorators white is a fine example yeah. of a of a fairly neutral white that's that's bright and uh, and airy. And what do people like in Vancouver? They like bright and spacious and airy feeling properties. And and that's what those those uh, bright colors are gonna are gonna give you. One thing we should point out here is that if you're selling a property like you would have sold it in 2016, you're doing it wrong. Um, People would go into a property in 2016, 2017, and they would look past, you know, uh, hey, the house is on fire. Well, you know what? I can probably put out that fire once I get in here. They would look past anything. Right now, it is almost exactly the opposite in terms of psychology, right? People go in and they see a chip in the paint and they say, do I really want to pay this price for for a place that I'm probably going to have to repaint? Uh, that is that is the the shift in in psychology here, and you need to take away every one of those chips because if you want to get it sold and get it sold for top dollar, those can't be part of the conversation. You are no longer in the driver's seat, Matt. That's that's exactly it. Which actually, unless gets- you market it correctly right off the hop, then you can have that potential to be in the driver's seat. Right. But if you if you if you mismarket it, you are forever a backseat driver. Well, this is it. It's about getting. A, it's the 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 point of this conversation is you're behind the eight ball. How to get ahead of the eight ball and and regain control, right? How, how many control euphemisms can we come up with, here? <laughs> or lack thereof? We just got the one. Yeah. But but this actually, when you said the control here, I mean, it made me think of point number five. Make point it easy to five. show. Make it easy to show. Okay. This is a situation too where 2016, 2017, push everybody off to the open. Yep. Now we're only going to show it at the open houses. Oh, you can't be there from two to four? Well, tough luck. You better change your plans. That's the only time we're showing it. That was the uh, the way that everyone listed properties sure. a year and a half, two years ago. Well, right now you can't have a very specific showing schedule because that means your property is off the list. And that doesn't mean do opens five days a week or even necessarily do two opens on the weekend because the reality, you still want to be able to control the narrative and filter people through at the same time if you're doing showings. But what we mean by this is if there's a private showing, accommodate your realtor, allow him or her to get the buyer through because what's happening as as the inventory increases and buyers have more control and selection is they're going out to view many properties at once. So they might send their realtor 10 listings and say, look, I want to see all of these. They're going to definitely get into probably seven or eight of them. You want to be on that list because if they shortlist properties that day and decide to write an offer, if you miss that day, you're you're not going to get another showing. You're not. You may not get another opportunity. Buyers are not bending over backwards right now to get through your home. That's just a fact. Right. And you want to allow as many opportunities as possible for the right buyer 
to see your place. Man, that was some tough love. Number six. Number six, Matt. Take great photos. Learn but, learn to love great photos. Learn to love great photos. But here's the thing. Don't take them yourself and don't let your realtor take them with his iPhone. And you know what? Here's the other thing. If you have been on the market 75 days, 90 days, 110 days, and you're listening to this list thinking, okay, I got some work to do, don't use the photos that you used last time. No. Re, do the work and get these photos taken again and use a photo. Fo- there's, there's, we have the best photographer in the business and there's sure more do. than one really great real estate photographer out there. This is crucial to getting eyes on the listing and getting people interested in getting through your property. Well, it, real estate is baby steps, right? It's baby steps to the offer. It's baby steps to the firm deal. And and one of the first things you got to do is you have to have amazing marketing materials to get people to actually come to the property. They're going to make a decision online. They're going to look at the photos and they're going to decide in that instant, do I click through to the next listing or do I book a showing or see when the open house is? That's your first impression opportunity. So if you have photos that haven't worked in the past, why do you think they're going to work now, right? To get people through. So what you want to do is when you're restaging, when you're freshening up the listing, when you're reconsidering price, you also need to reconsider photos and, and change them up a bit. And the other thing that is just an obvious point here, but if the same buyer buyer out there who has seen the property in the past sees those photos from the old listing at a new price they're going to say look these guys have been on the market for a long time you want to influence people to think that you're a new listing yeah, right that, that so that's the goal that's a, that is the goal and and the last thing that i want to mention on this point matt because we talk about it a lot uh, i don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast but photos really shape memories People, when they go to view properties, they have a short period of time in the property where they're maybe, you know, 15 minutes. It's usually under pressure where, uh, you know, they don't want to waste one of the agent's time or they have to see another place, you know, and, they're on, and a tour, they have, sure. they're on a tour and they have to drive to the next property. So they don't have a ton of time. So what they do is if they like a place, they go back home. And I'm sure there's a lot of buyers out there that have done this. And they look at the floor plan and they look at the marketing materials and they flip through the photos. And that is how they shape their decision about this property, right? Well, not only shape their decision, but shape how they how they remember perceive the property right Right. in their in in their mind the photos are a key component to kind of shaping their thoughts on the property well this is it they walk out of the listing and they say wait you know what i didn't really take note of how big how large the den was and then they go home and they look at the photo and they're like oh it actually looks like it is a large den maybe (laughs) maybe the photos maybe our fisheye lens worked but who knows but well the 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 point here is the best photographers can make the crappiest place look fantastic yeah not to say that your place is crappy but but it helps to have a good photographer (laughs) but it definitely helps to have a good photographer absolutely number seven take it off mls while you do any and all of this yeah our advice right now if you're if you're sitting here going why is my place not selling it feels stagnant we're not getting the calls pull it Pull it from MLS today. Sure. You're not doing yourself any favor by letting the days pile up on MLS. You fundamentally need to rethink how things are going and make some changes. And you do that fundamental rethink in conjunction with these uh, tips that we're giving today while your property is not on MLS. And it doesn't mean pull it for six months, but it means pull it off, take your time, reconsider what went wrong. 
take some of the advice that we're offering today and then and then come back on but when you come back back on there's no problem with a couple weeks as a as a breath in the in the market and it's going to do you some good too because buyers are constantly cycling through the market exactly and you will catch new buyers you're going to catch new buyers you're going to catch agents that weren't potentially watching for a two bed in that neighborhood that are new and you know everyone can see a realist history but if you take the six steps ahead of this seventh step of taking it off MLS you're going to get ahead of the of the eight ball here get ahead of the narrative and control it and be able to explain what went wrong last time in a compelling way that's not going to put buyers off. So Matt, as we do with our guests, I want to talk about my key takeaway from this conversation. I also have a key takeaway, Adam, but you first. The biggest thing here is there. the more that you prep up front, it's almost like anything in life. The more you prepare up front, the better the result. And there's no difference in in marketing a property if you do the legwork up front to make sure that it's going to show the best if you really really think about the pricing strategy and how you're going to come on and how you're going to present that property you are going to have a much better result now if you're at in a position where you have messed that process up and you're on the market through your own fault or through no fault of your own yeah it's still possible to basically reshape the narrative and do a course correct. That's right. And that course correct potentially involves a new pricing strategy. That's for sure. But it doesn't necessarily involve a race to the bottom, which is some people's idea of the only way to get a property sold once you've been on the market for a long time. Uh, do you have anything else to say on yeah, that? Yeah, I want to recap these just for everybody Hold, at hold on. I got my takeaway, Adam. Oh, Come on. what is your takeaway? I got my man? takeaway. And it kind of goes... Yours is... Uh, put the work up front to get the best results in the end, if I understand correctly. Sure. Mine is these seven tips we've given today are going to involve two things. They're going to involve a little elbow grease, a little bit of hard work on your end. They're also potentially going to be a little bit of money, right? Now, I would say if you did all of these things for an average property in Vancouver, we're probably looking at worst case scenario, five to eight grand, I would say. Five to eight grand. uh, And that's on the high, high side. Sure. Of, of if you're repainting, if you're fully staging, all these things. But when you think about how a negotiation goes in this city, in right. which the average price point is a million bucks or 1.1 or whatever it is, 10 grand in a negotiation is the... Is, you it, won't bat an eye. You won't bat an eye. You know, if you're going to sell it for 880 and, and you can take 870 and run, you're, you're, most people are running. So think about that when you're actually going, do I really need to spend 300 bucks on a clean? Right. I mean, right. those costs pay off It's a tenfold. good investment. It's, it's a, a good investment. Very strong investment. For sure, Matt. Uh, that was also a good takeaway. I think uh, equally good, those takeaways. Before we cut for the day, we've got uh, I, we've got to recap these seven just for people that uh, are at home with their notebook out. Uh, number one, get a new agent, or at least consider it. At least consider it. I mean, consider this. You've been on the market 120 days. Basically, in my mind, that's like missing the playoffs. If you're you're if a you're, losing team, you're a losing team, and uh, you know you don't fire the whole team. You don't get rid of your your jersey. You fire the coach. Yeah, and, and, you, d- and you definitely don't fire yourself. In this case, the agent is the coach, and it's just the nature of the business. Number two, restage or 
consider staging altogether. That's right. And and the key takeaway here is you have to come at it with a very critical eye. And in my mind, that very critical eye is a professional staging consult. Yeah, don't just because your your mom knows design, it doesn't mean she knows how to stage a, a condo for sale or a house for sale. That's right. Don't 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 trust the non professionals. Get the professionals in there. That's right. Number three, deep clean. Deep clean, man. Go deep Go on deep. it. Go deep. And we don't mean tidy up. We mean like move out clean. We, we basically want you to do as deep a clean as possible. Get people in, get a crew in. We want cleaners to descend on the property and basically get the tooth, toothbrush in the grout type clean and, uh, you know, the oven clean, fridge clean. People are going to get be those opening. pet smells out. Yeah. And people get are those gonna pet open smells everything out. up in your home too. Like that's the thing. They're looking everywhere. They're opening your fridge. That's right. Make sure it's clean. That's right. Number four, repaint and fix minor imperfections. This goes without saying, Matt, such an obvious one, but the reality is you're trying to handle objections and people will have a lot of objections to not spend a million dollars. And if you can handle those objections through taking care of imperfections, you are on a winning track. That's right. Make it easy to show. Number five. Matt, we try to accommodate all showing requests and you want your agent to be as accommodating as Matt and myself. And not and not even agents as much as uh, the worst. There's nothing worse than having hot and heavy buyers out there that want to see the property and are just unable to because the seller can't accommodate. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Don't shut your agent down when he, when he or she requests to show the property and then have a problem with them not selling it. Exactly. Right? I mean, you got to provide access. You got to be as accommodating. At the end of the day, this sale is for you. Exactly. Number seven and last for the day, while you're considering these six, take it off MLS. A couple weeks often is enough to give it a breather. New give, momentum. Give that life back to the listing. Recreate the narrative around around uh, the listing and, and get it sold. So you want That's it a- off MLS during that time. And we should say there is number eight. And we were going to do number eight. And then we realized number eight is an episode unto itself. Number eight is part two of this uh, series. And it will be coming up. So stay tuned for that. I'll give you a hint. Pricing in a buyer's market. Pricing in a buyer's market. What you need to know, everything in one episode coming soon to a podcast near you. But before we cut from this episode, why has my Vancouver property not sold? It's worth repeating, Adam. We can help people in this situation. In fact, we've helped many people in this situation. Absolutely. And this is not intended to be a long commercial for Matt and myself. We're happy if you have another agent and you're using these tips and tricks. The point here is to provide information, but we can also help you sell your home, especially if it has expired and you were not able to sell it your first time and get in touch. Absolutely. The best place to get in touch is VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. You can also call me at any time, 778-847-2854 for a free market analysis or any discussion about the market or anything else, really, or a Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Can they call you to get you to deliver lunch? Because I mean, we're a full service. You... We're a full service operation. <laughs> or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or Adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We also got that secret Scalina line. Info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We do have a third mic. He just avoids it. Yeah, exactly. Man, <laughs> the energy's on uh, on fleek. <laughs> See you next week. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.
Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer, and they're looking for both donations, and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. 